Welcome to the Pretty Deadly Podcast. My name is Susie Collett. I'm a violent crime survivor, a martial artist, and I'm the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Hume Vaseen, a fitness professional and certified Pretty Deadly trainer living in Islamabad. We're exploring the kinds of violence women around the world face, the different ways we defend ourselves on a daily basis, and of course, sharing our self-defense tips and techniques as we go. If there's anything you would like us to explore, send us your questions and comments to hi at teamprettydeadly.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. Hi, Susie. How's it going? Hi, May. Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. I love your sweater. Thanks. My mom bought it, but then she realized it wasn't her vibe. And so I ended up stealing it from her. Well, I like it. It looks good on you. Thanks. So, Susie, I remember you told me that when women come and do this pretty deadly course, they undergo some changes which manifest in the way they dress up. Sometimes they dye their hair or they get a piercing. And when you shared that with me, I found that really interesting. And I was like, I'm going to ask Susie about this. Like, what is this phenomenon? Why does it happen? Well, I think the phenomenon, I think it, it happens more with a change of hairstyle. Right. Um, occasionally there's a tattoo or a new piercing or something, but it tends to more be with new hairstyles and it's not everybody. Um, it's it, like in a particular class, it's maybe one person, maybe two people. This phenomenon comes from going through a deep transformation. So we know as women that when we're going through a big change in our life, we usually change our hair. Yeah. In some big way. And I know with so I've never had long hair like yours. And I know that um, friends of mine and my sister-in-law, for example, who all have long, beautiful hair like yours, the idea of cutting it short is like freaky. They mm-hmm. think about it. And then at one point in their lives, they usually try it. And then they end up kind of hating it because it's a different, it's just a different vibe, right? But even women with really long hair as part of their identity will change some aspect of it, not cut it short or even shoulder length, but, um, you know, maybe dye it in some way. Right. But do some kind of change. So So we know that we do this because it's for us, it kind of signifies a fresh start, right? Right. And I think also sort of. It's kind of badass to have purple hair or blue hair. And it also signifies maybe rebelling against the status quo. Um, Yeah, it can. You know, again, I think because I've never dyed my hair purple or blue or green. um, I don't know. I've never had the desire to dye my hair uh, an unusual hair color. So I don't know if that's rebelling against the the status quo or not. What I do know is that this usually happens after um, the third or fourth class, but it happens after a specific exercise that we do in Pretty Deadly, um, which is about connecting to our intuition. And part of that exercise is also helping us to recognize where if we've experienced any kind of traumatic event in the past, specifically around violence against women, 
Um, it helps us to identify where we actually helped ourselves. And it helps us to forgive ourselves a bit for feeling like we're like we've let ourselves down because I think a lot of women feel that way. And, and men do too, by the way. Men don't talk about violence that they experience and then feel traumatized by because that's not manly. But they can also feel like they've let themselves down. Um, but we're focused on women in this particular question that going through that exercise for a lot of women um, is a release of that part of themselves that has felt shamed or that's been beating themselves up. So there's a sense of release and a sense of relief. Um, and yeah, perhaps even a rejection of, of you know, that story that's been told. And, and that's why maybe hair turns blue or green because you are rebelling against what was, what people were telling you you know, right. and being a part of your own identity that has been distant from you for a while. Yeah, or it could be the opposite that you feel more like yourself minus that shame and you want to be more expressive. So colorful hair just signifies that you're maybe more in love with your life. Maybe you're more joyous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I said, because I never I've never had the desire to dye my I, hair. Yeah. I when I started doing stand-up comedy, I remember I dyed one streak purple. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't fully dye my hair because I don't believe in you know chemically treating my hair. Um, but I did that and it did make me feel a bit different and unique and edgy, I guess. Also, a lot of the other comedians in the group had dyed hair, and maybe I was trying to be more like the back I was flocking with. So there was that. Um I mean, dying, I've died, I have dyed my hair. I, I, when I was younger, I always dyed my hair black. Um, oh, nice. And then I went through a period where I, yeah, then I went through a period where I bleached it white all the time. So it's been dyed, but only black or white. And then it's been shaved. I've just never had the desire to dye it like blue or green or pink. But even shaving your hair is going against what's common, right? Yeah. It's great though. I have to say, I highly recommend it. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's a, it's um, one, it's like, you just get all new growth. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, if it's really hot. So when I did that, it was in early, it was many, many years ago in New York and it was early spring. So over the summer, having a shaved head was great because I could stay much cooler. It does suit a lot of women. Like uh, I think her name is Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, that's she, she went bald and it, it, it was a look that really suited her. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, a, I mean, you know, it's also a statement. So it's not something that everyone feels comfortable doing. But, but when we're changing our hair, we are making a statement for women. Our hair is such an expressive, it's a way that we express ourselves and our personalities in the world. Yeah. You know, so changing our hair can also signal to the rest of the world, something about me has changed and I want you to recognize that. Yeah, like I'm more confident now, for example. Mm -hmm. um, it reminds me of the revolution in Iran. Um, after Masa's Amini's death, a lot of women are cutting like a strand of their right. hair. Or cutting their hair off completely. Yeah. Actually, I mean, some women are, are have really been cutting their hair off. 
And yeah, it's that, I mean, hair is such a, it's such a powerful thing because you know, I was thinking about the revolution in Iran and I was thinking, isn't it, it's, it's crazy. And, and not just around Iran, but also, you know, the ongoing questions about whether women are allowed to wear a hijab or not, whether they should or shouldn't. There is so much conflict around women's hair. It's hair. Yeah. What's the big deal? Exactly. What's the big deal? And yet, apparently, it's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Which is so weird to me. You know, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, in Hasidic and Orthodox Jewish culture, when women are married, they have to shave their heads. Really? Wigs. Mm-hmm. Because they need to, they, they can't risk seducing another man with their hair. They can do that with a wig too. Though. Well, if, if you've ever seen their wigs, you would recognize that not so much. They're not the nicest wigs, but the, it's, but it's more about, you know, you shave your head so that only your husband, you can only be your husband's property and you're not, a, you're not attractive to anyone else, including to him. So a lot of women as well, when we, when we shave our head or we're forced to shave our head, um, that's also stripping us of our personality and our femininity. Yeah. So when I think about this regarding, you know, Jewish women in Hasidic families or in Orthodox families, I think, you know, once you're married, you basically have to strip your own humanity in order to serve that family, which is to me, of course, horrifying. When women in Iran have been cutting their hair, they're also expressing their personalities in a really, really forceful way for that culture. You know, you make us keep this long hair for your pleasure and now we're cutting it off. You're, but by cutting it off, we're showing that you are cutting us off. You know, exactly. so it's, 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 it's just such a fascinating thing. Taking their power back because this girl Masa was literally killed for showing her hair. Right. Her saying, it's my hair. I can do whatever I want with it. Right. And I'm willing to like, maybe sacrifice my own hair for the sisterhood, for our collective safety, you know, exactly. and our collective. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just women's hair is just such a fascinating, fascinating thing. Why does it, in every culture, why is it so important? It is very attractive for sure, but why is it against women? But I'm going to say yes, or I'm going to say not always, because personally, I find hair kind of gross. Really? Even like hair on the head? Yeah, it's dead. It's like dead stuff that's just sticking to your head, you know, especially when it like falls out all over people's showers and stuff. I just find it kind of disgusting. So because it is taking nutrients from your head. You know. Yeah, it's like a leech. So I can say though that I mean definitely I can recognize where people's hair is beautiful. Um but at the same time, there's another aspect of me that's always a little bit disgusted by it. So it falls on the floor, then it does look disgusting. Yeah. So, I mean, what an interesting thing. And yet for women, this is a part of our definition of, of femininity and such a part of our own identities. And even when you look at women who have transitioned from, you know, a male gender that they were male sex that they were born into into becoming women, 
they tend to grow their hair long as part of a signifier of womanhood, of femaleness, right? I don't know. That's not to say they don't exist. It's just to say that I personally don't know of any transgender woman with a pixie. Mm, that's true. They want to appear more feminine. And right. That's so right. It's an easy yeah. Right. So, but that's not to say that it doesn't exist. I just don't know, but it's not something that normally pops up in media. And when we're talking about trans women or we're looking at photos or social media of trans women, they always tend to have at least shoulder length hair. Yeah. Yeah. Which for me is long. That's the definition of long hair for me when it's down to here. Oh yeah. I've noticed that in America, but this is considered long, but yeah. here, like my hair is medium length. It's not very long. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so in pretty deadly women, um, when we've seen women come back to class at the next class during a course with the change in their hair, we know that they've gone through some kind of transformation that's positive. Um, you know, the flip side to that is- I have a pretty deadly booklet, Manuel, with me. And I was actually admiring these girls' hair. One yes. of them is blue and one is, I think, reddish. Mm -hmm. They have really beautiful hair. They do. Really yeah. They do. They're very confident women as well. Um, what I wanted to say is that there's a flip side to that in that, you know, sometimes we see women who look like, it, to put it very in a very nasty way, people might say like, oh, you've let yourself go. You know, you've fallen apart. Your hair is a mess. It's unbrushed or it's just a bad cut. Your clothes aren't very attractive. Your body's not in good shape. And people, I think, sometimes don't realize that that can also be a form of self-defense. Oh, right. That sometimes, you know, so whether it's hair as new hair, color, cut, style, or it's hair as something that I'm using to keep people away from me. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, there is two sides to that point. Too attractive yeah. and want attention. I think the hijab is also worn for those reasons. Um, I have some cousins who cover, one of them even does the niqab and, you know, their socioeconomic status is much lower and they have to travel through public transport. So they feel safe when nobody can see their faces. I, you know, it's easy for people in Pakistan, especially liberals to judge such people and say, you know, they're extremists, but we can't really relate with them. You know, we travel in our own cars, but if we had to do that, you know, the amount of staring that goes on in Pakistani transport, public transport is insane. Mm -hmm. So you know, those women, I think they cover their heads because they feel safer because yeah. they're less attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. I think most women have been the target of those stares and yeah, I mean, sometimes it does feel like if I, if I cover everything up, and you can't see anything, then I'm that safe. will stop you from staring. And I feel a little bit safer. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast, hosted on ACAST and available on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and our website at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com and wherever you get your favorite pods.